a lot of people, it's nothing or everything. And so they're forced to take nothing because they don't have anything to give for free except for the one opportunity uh, that they were looking at. This is The Playbook. Welcome. Welcome, Sean. Uh, why don't you give a, a quick introduction uh, for yourself, Sean, and then we'll just start with our normal uh, business advisory, hot seat coaching, and we'll teach people how to be mentored, coached, and taught. Yeah. Hello, everybody. My name is Sean Dill. Uh, let me start out by apologizing. I've been uh, tromping around the world, um, well, the country. We weren't outside of the country, but Dave <laughs> uh, this week uh, gave a couple of talks and uh, spoke on the phone a whole lot and I've lost my voice a little bit, uh, but I'm trying to uh, power through this. I hope that- Well, well, well Sean, you need to learn the potato chip trick. So let's just start right there with a little mentoring. So if you lose your voice from talking, speaking, uh, integrating questions and answers, ask me anything. Uh, Scott Duffy, one of my other mentoring clients, he taught me eat a bag of Lay's potato chips. I don't know, but it'll strengthen your voice. But go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. Well, I'll, I'll get on that right. I'm going to have potato <laughs> chips for breakfast this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I work with, alongside my beautiful wife, Lacey Book, we work with service providers. We help service providers actually fall in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur. You know, the concept that if you have something big to offer the world, that you have to embrace the idea of sales and marketing. Unfortunately, in our eyes, probably the world's greatest providers, the world's greatest healers, the world's greatest um, uh, souls that have something big to offer the world live in relative obscurity simply because they don't market themselves or they're not comfortable selling. And so we teach them how to do that uh, so that they can amplify their message, so that they can reach even more people, make an even bigger impact, and ultimately at the end so that they can create the lifestyle that they deserve. That's awesome. And John, let's uh, get right into it. What do you got for me today? Well, I've been thinking a lot about relationship capital, and I know that you talk a lot about this, and I, I figure that we should go through some of the fundamentals at the beginning. Um, and then I have some questions that um, I don't think that I've heard people ask you before, um, but it wouldn't make sense to start there. We have to start with the, some of your constructs on relationships. I also, I love how you were talking about how your success is determined by the quality of your questions. And I think that every day we should be keeping a journal in essence of our biggest question, concern, obstacle, or opportunity. I like to write them down. Um, I, I not write them physically for me, but you can write them physically. I put them into my phone. And then I like to revisit them as part of an unwinding routine that you teach. And you know what? When you identify your biggest question, concern, obstacle, or opportunity in the morning, and then you look back at the end of the day, so many times the universe provides it for you, the answer to that, you don't even realize it. But here's what happens. Sometimes you don't find the answer. And I keep sort of a, a log of all of my questions, concerns, obstacles, and opportunities that are not resolved. That's what you bring to opportunities like this when you're receiving mentoring. Um, I want to start with uh, how do you find great relationships? Everybody wants collaborative relationships, but I think a lot of people just think like, well, uh, hopefully somebody will come to me one day and offer to do business with me and give me half of the, the revenue. How do I find opportunities to enter into relationship with people? Yeah, it's so interesting because I've spent an extraordinary amount of time creating a pragmatic methodology of creating a community a consciousness, a frequency, or a neighborhood of what I call sponsors and power sponsors. 
Sponsors are people that know someone that can help me. And that's more powerful today than it's ever been because people are connected to more people than they've ever been connected to. And mostly because of the aspect of social media and all of the different platforms that exist. A power sponsor is someone that actually can help you themselves. And uh, also, of course, know people that can help you because people surround themselves with like-minded people. To that measure, how do we find them? Uh, well, we clear the interference between us and them. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we look for open minds. And uh, as everything, time is reconciled into the understanding of finding open minds. One of the biggest misperceptions, Sean, about open minds is that there's open-minded and closed-minded people. Absolutely not true. Uh, there are people who are more open-minded more of the time, but there's not anyone that doesn't have an open mind at some time. And in fact, sometimes the greatest opportunities, and it totally uh, used to confuse me and dispel me. I'm like, how the heck is that guy doing business with Sean Dill? That guy has the closest mind I've ever seen. That's because Sean Dill realized that time is reconciled into the open mind, meaning that we need to uh, understand that everyone has an open mind at a different time. So if we find someone with an open mind at that time, we then can facilitate the open-ended question guide that I created, the template to building this community of sponsors and power sponsors. So when we find an open mind, now we go ahead and ask an open question pertaining to what we want. What are you doing today with chiropractic? Uh, what are you doing today with solar? What are you doing today with forgiveness? What are you doing today with gratitude? Whatever it is. And then as we move through what they tell us, we ask them, what do you like about that? Right? We get an emotional attachment. What don't you like about that? Which not only gives us an emotional attachment, provides us an opportunity to give our transition question of value, which is very clearly, oh, would it help you if, I did this. And then from there, we get a yes or no question and we keep exploring with open-ended questions how we can be of service or value. When we determine our power sponsorship or sponsorship to that person, we now can turn and ask, do you know anyone that can help me? Thus recruiting them with their open mind, which also has open hearts and open hands, into our network or community of power sponsors and power sponsors building upon itself. But the key component that most people don't utilize is the reconciliation of time because they don't understand that everyone has an open mind at a certain time. So how do we figure that out? Well, we use the three no rule. The three no rule allows us to go ahead and go ahead and seek that open mind, but we may get rejected even by the person who has the most open of minds, the most open of minds, the most of the time, even those people, if we utilize the three no rules, statistically, we'll probably find out that the second ask or the third ask as we get, will, we will actually result in an open mind. Now, someone that has a more closed mind, it now allows us not to waste our time. So if we encounter someone for the third time, and once again, they have a closed mind, we now have a transition statement that simply says, obviously, Sean, this isn't the right time. When it is, 
reach back out to me. And now we have two results that occur. One is we've accelerated the open mind and they call us back because now they control their time and they say to themselves, you know what, this is, I really want to do that with Sean, but this is a good time. I'm going to call him back. So a certain percentage, and I always say 50% of the time, and you and I both know that my favorite statistic is 99% of all statistics are made up. I made up 50%. It seems like 50% to me, uh, but more importantly uh, to that measure, we now have accelerated the sales cycle and not wasted our time by putting the open-minded timing on the person that we're asking. Now, 50% or so of the time, the person never calls us back. Um, and so if that person never calls us back, now we've saved a ton of time because it takes a thousand times the time to re-engineer a closed mind into an open mind where we can facilitate the open-ended questions to find out how we can be of service or value to them or they can be of service or value to us, thus recruiting them into a huge collective consciousness of sponsors and power sponsors, which by the way, elevates your frequency or, or vibration, creates a new neighborhood for you. So more coincidences, more statistical success occurs by what you want, who you can help and who can help you. The sponsors are those that can help you. Power sponsors can help you and no others that can help you. Is that correct? A sponsor is someone that only knows someone that can help you. And a, and a power sponsor is someone that can help you and they know someone that can help you. So the, the logical next, um, the next progression in that would be this starts to, it starts to work. It starts to bear fruit for both parties. Um, then we want to continue down this path. So we want to memorialize um, the agreement that we have so that, you know, feelings don't get hurt or there's not misunderstandings. And um, that's ultimately uh, where I want to focus on the back half of this is what do we do when um, maybe things get a little bit sideways or we, we, we get disappointed or maybe the other person's disappointed with us or um, there's times to let relationships fall away. But in order to attempt to mitigate that, um, we should memorialize that. And part of, you know, you teach your overlap agreement. Um, so I would love to hear about the overlap agreement, but what I also would love to hear is there's this awkward little um, piece in the middle where I say, Dave, um, you know, I would love to memorialize this, love to send you business, love the business that you're sending me. I would like to remunerate you for the business that uh, you, you're sending. Um, and then one of the parties says, yeah, sure. What do you think is fair? And so then you're caught in this like, well, 50%. Like, what do you say? How do we determine the structure of the overlap agreement so that it's fair for everybody? Yeah. So you have to know two things, <clears throat> your perceived value of what you actually think is fair and also your bottom line when you create or memorialize, it's a non-binding agreement that can be codified if you want it to be, but most importantly, you want it to be searchable, accessible, so you can remember, recollect, and remind yourself, who was that guy in Indianapolis that had that great uh, pizza and coffee place? Um, okay. You know, what, whatever it is, you wanna be able to remember because if you get into the system of creating the community of sponsors and power sponsors, you'll be overwhelmed with opportunities. That's why prioritization is so key. And we actually do prioritize by 
the best deals. And it's okay to articulate someone that, hey, if you want my attention, give me a better deal. Um, but I find that most people you are put into a situation of miscommunication, which creates awkward feelings when we don't have alignment. And so in order to get alignment, when I'm memorializing an agreement with Sean, which we have so many overlap uh, opportunities together, which is why I wanted you to come in as one of my best mentees. And also, I always say my best mentees are also mentors. The only difference is I charge them and they don't charge me, which is a beautiful situation in our memorialization of this. Um, and then you get to use them here on Clubhouse and everywhere to teach other people. So uh, I'm very transparent of uh, the perceived value that I've been able to create with Sean. Uh, and the bottom line would be zero. More importantly, take away the awkwardness. Share your perceived value and know what you think is fair. So for me, I have a standard, right? My perceived value is 20% for, for me closing deals for you and 10% usually for me uh, making introductions. Now, considering I always like to think and try to get someone else to tell me what's fair, um, they'll tell me uh, a lot of times, hey, look, I'm just interested in your, in your bottom line. You don't have to give me your perceived value. I just, fairness to me is, you know, what, what that bottom line is, and I'll give you mine. 2010, your bottom line, maybe 50 or whatever, and then we can go ahead and split the baby. I do not waste time because I know my perceived value and my bottom line in everything I do. It's just a waste of time to get caught into the realm of, oh, this or this, and now your ego gets involved that they're getting more than you. If you predetermine, your ego is not involved anymore because you've always determined what's fair to you. It doesn't matter if the person wanted to pay you more or less. It what you would be willing to do it for and what would motivate or inspire you to do it. I love that. That also, though, jumps into, let's talk about what happens when, um, as you brought up, you know, your bottom line and your perceived value. Just for a second, let's talk about that as far as delivering a product or service. Um, we run into a lot of times somebody that's like, wow, Dave, you know, I'd love to work with you. I'd love to go to a mastermind with you. I'd love to engage with you. But look, I want to be honest with you. You know, the, the, the economics don't work out for me. It would be a big stretch for me economically to do that. And every human being, I think if you're human, you have a heartbeat, it pulls on our heartstrings, right? Because then you start to think, well, you know, here's my bottom line. And yeah, but I mean, maybe I could make a deal for this person, or maybe I could even let them come for free. How do we navigate that so that we can stay in integrity with ourselves and the prospects, yet still feel good about the service that we're delivering to the world? downstreams you know one of uh, the best things that i've been able to do is i've structured different buckets of evolution to help empower people so knowing that i may not have been able to articulate quantitative value to exceed what i'm asking for and it may not be the right time uh in order to create a realistic opportunity uh then i have to have other opportunities to build up to so Sean, for example, we're doing the 500, the Indy 500 mastermind. Not everybody can afford that. Um, and a lot of people have come to me and say, I really want to go, but I can't afford it. And I'll articulate the value of if you're not going to invest in yourself, well, you invest in it. It's like, I get it. I know it's worth it. I just don't got the cash, man. So unless you want to finance me or give me the money or let me come for free, I cannot come to your 500, Indy 500 mastermind. 
The difference of today compared to in the past is I have an empowerment downstream that says, terrific. I totally understand. We do a few masterminds every year. I did Meltzer Island. We do the 500. We'll do the Super Bowl, whatever experiential things that we decide to do. But let's make the money so you can make more money. And so what I do is I'll start and say, first of all, I have free trainings. I do ask me any things every Monday. I go live on IG. I answer questions. I also will give anyone five minutes of my time, schedule a phone call with me for five minutes. I also am willing to do an overlap agreement with anyone to make introductions to help facilitate you getting money. And guess what? None of these things cost a dime. So if you're willing to invest in yourself, we can utilize the methodologies in the downstream that I've created in order for you to gain the capital in order to take advantage of opportunities. And maybe you have a little bit. And I have a group setting where we meet once a week and it has a private networking group and it's very little money every month, but you get one-on-one coaching with me every week. Then I have a wait list for one-on-one coaching, which costs less than the mastermind, but still more money. And then I even have business advisory. Uh, which could include performance and equity and advisory, daily activities, et cetera, moving and leading you to, if we fit you into the system, we will accelerate the amount of time where you will be able to afford the opportunity, even if we are able to articulate that value. And I think a lot of people, it's nothing or everything. And so they're forced to take nothing because They don't have anything to give for free except for the one opportunity uh, that they were looking at. So I think it's really important to have those buckets for everyone, free, group, personalized, and specialized. I'll repeat that for everyone, free, group, personalized, and specialized. And I'll tell you why that's also important, Sean, and you've learned this uh, as well. We lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves how great of a speaker we are. We lie to ourselves of what great mentors we are. Look, I have plenty, and I work month to month for this reason. I have plenty of people that get the value out of what I do in three months. And I have other people that have been with me literally since I started seven years ago, right? It just varies. I also have people that it's not a good fit, right? I I have people, it's just not a good fit. They're not ready. Just like I wasn't ready to hear my father when he told me money doesn't buy love. I wasn't ready to hear my best friend when he told me I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people, the right ideas. And I absolutely wasn't ready to hear my wife tell me that I was lost. I wasn't ready to hear it. So no matter how much they were trying to help me, I wasn't ready to be helped. And that's going to occur too. But we lie to ourselves and we think that everybody would benefit from the great Sean Diller, David Meltzer's mastermind. Why won't you come? Everybody in the world will make so much bullshit. They won't, right? They won't. But we want to find an area where we can help to pursue the potential so that someday they fit into a higher investment in themselves. And so don't lie to yourself. The good thing about those buckets is it proves to you Because people will ask you, hey, man, group ain't good enough for me. I want to get on your wait list for one-on-one or this one-on-one is not good. Dave, I want to come to the master. I want specialized, right? I'm willing to pay for it. Still month to month, still guaranteed quantitatively. But if you are truly walking the walk, the people that fall into the 10% that hate you will always hate you. 
the 80% that are at the right time and ready will come about. And of course, the 10% that love you that are willing to pay anything just to be with you will always be there as well. But if you have the free bucket, the group bucket, the one-on-one bucket and the specialized bucket, you'll be able to have a true vision and how successful you are by the people asking to move up in the buckets. I love that. You know, and that, that is something that we've learned from you and we've applied in the Black Diamond Club um, with a great degree of success and figuring out where people fit in. Um, you know, I always think too, when you talk about we lie to ourselves, but we also overestimate our future self's ability to act. I think a lot of us say like, that's why we always say like, oh, I'll do that later. We all actually have good intentions. We believe that our future self never messes up. So we can assign tasks to our future self and our future self will always come through. But we also know that your future self doesn't always come through. And that's where I want to, to go sort of in this back half here. Um, what happens when people don't come through? I think I'm actually, it's interesting because uh, this is an area where I'm trying to work on and I've observed you. And, uh, and through observation, and you talk about like how you learn from your mother through observation, I've realized that you have done a really good job of self-mastery, even with individuals, like you said, that might not be in your neighborhood, that have lower energetic vibration. You understand how to navigate their field and, and, and sit in that same field with them so that they feel comfortable. For me, that's a challenge. And the challenge exists when you feel like somebody has not honored their word or an agreement that you had with them. Um, my tendency is really to uh, just cut off and, and, and get out of there as fast as I can. And it is very difficult for me to sit in their same energetic field. Um, sometimes people tell you, yes, I will help you. You do your, you uphold your end of the bargain. Then you go back to them and you're like, Hey, can, can you do what you said you were going to do? And they're kind of no, or yeah, they blow you off. And for me, I'm just like, all right, I'm, I don't want to, I'm done. I don't want to do anything with them. Then I observe you and you're like, but you're so kind. I want to learn how to be kinder. How do you do that? That's so nice. Um, well, first of all, you know, kindness is a superpower. And I believe in kindness because I have faith that I'm being protected and promoted. And my job is to raise my awareness uh, while still being able to connect to and through all vibrations or frequencies below me. Uh, right? We can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than us. Um, and so I want to learn from those that are vibrating faster by asking questions, open-ended questions to increase my vibration and a variety of other things that I do. But the way that I do it um, is to ask them questions. Uh, you know, I want to be known as the world's most interested man. I love the Dos Equis guy. He's the world's most interesting man. And you know, it really is a matter of ego when we are separate, inferior, or superior to someone. And there's no doubt that you can feel a frequency difference uh, when someone's just at a lower vibration. They usually, you know, one of the things I love about you is you expect miracles and you're extremely accountable. Accountability is you are someone who participates in what's ever occurring and learning from it. That's accountability. Not, I used to say, what did I do to attract it? And then I realized, wait a second, that's once again, living in a scarce mode that I did something for it to come. No, what did I do to participate in it is different than attracting it. And what am I supposed to learn from it? The next step that you have to take is this idea of truly what interested is. That 
I'm interested in your frequency. I'm interested in the vernacular, the vocabulary, the intonation, the connotation, and the energy, and the energetic and genetic inheritance of a lower vibration so that I can meet people where they're at and help elevate them. And one of the interesting things that I do is I use simple, low uh, barrier uh, and multi-layered activities to determine what layer you're at, what, and, and I'll give you an example. Uh, thank you, right? Or I am. These are two things I talk about a lot. I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am worthy, and I am happy. What am I doing to interfere with it? If I ask questions about those things, I can determine what layer, level, frequency, or vibration you're at. If I talk about gratitude, and talk about you need to say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. The questions that are interacting by being more interested, I can determine at what level you understand gratitude. So if I start talking to gratitude saying, look, gratitude is the greatest thing to reconcile with time because there's light, love and lessons and everything. You need to figure out daily in a pragmatic, realistic way, whether it's worth your time to find the light, the love, and the lessons in the situation, activities, paid, unpaid, planned, unplanned sleep, or people, open-minded or closed-minded, you need to determine and reconcile in the daily activities whether time is worth it or not, but still maintain a trajectory or aiming to a midterm unrealistic and a long-term completely unrealistic objective. See, your daily activity should be extremely pragmatic, your midterm objectives should be unrealistic and your long-term objectives should be completely out of this realm, like empowering over a billion people in your lifetime or living to over 111 years old, healthy, happy, wealthy, and worthy. These are long-term objectives that most people laugh at me, scoff at me and make fun of me. I also have some midterm objectives that are like six years from now. You know, I want to have the nicest penthouse in downtown San Diego. People laugh at me, scoff at me, make fun of me for that, but It's a little bit more realistic than empowering over a billion people. And then if I gave you my calendar today and said, here's the activities I plan, don't have plan in my sleep, nobody would laugh at me, right? I'm just executing. And this all falls within the ideas of what understanding do you have? And do I understand all the layers of complexity so that I can communicate something as simple as, hey, just do a gut check. Do you remember to say thank you? And do you say thank you? Or, you know, how do you reconcile time each day with the five daily activities in order to effectuate whether it's worth your time to find the light, the love and the lessons in blank? Those are completely different frequencies of gratitude. What would you do if if someone was at a lower vibration, they had shown this to you? And Obviously, like you said, we cannot be aware of people at a higher vibration. So they're at the lower vibration. They don't understand that you're not at the same level um, in kindness and gratitude um, in business philosophy. And they return back to you. And they're like, hey, Dave, um, you want to do that favor for me again? Because it worked out really great for me. How do we handle that? (laughs) So look, (laughs) I give unconditionally. So I have to know my priorities. And it's okay to allow people to fall away if doing something for them would take away from doing from something that's more important to you. So I have a really tricky line that I tell people. 
and it's uh, to the true core of my understanding of the universe. Oh, that sounds terrific, but not at this time, right? I can't do that at this time. And it's one of the mechanisms to put in the great chain of feeding because most people spend the majority of the time with closed mind, things that bleed them. And we want to spend our daily activity in things that feed us. And the truth is, is if we truly could live in infinity of time each day, which you can live in an infinity of time in your entire existence, but it's difficult to live in infinity of time when you are given 24 hours. And so you need to be practical and pragmatic and articulating to the person, hey, I would love to help you, but I'm not capable at this time. Once again, that puts me in the realm of 50% of the time, I might go back to them if I do have the time or there's an overlap of an opportunity that makes it less friction or less uh, energy, or I may never get back to them because it may never be the right time. But nonetheless, I've been completely honest and transparent that my intention is to be of service and of value of everyone, but I'm not capable of being of service and value to you at this time. And if you're going to study anything as you build the layers is understanding. I study Einstein every day. I study Think and Grow Rich every day. I study reconciling the man-made construct of time with the relativity of time. I reconcile time into value. I, I reconcile time into value because real value is timeless. So if you want to find real value, if you're aspiring and pursuing something that has a diminished value, it's, it's not real value. If value can be diminished, it's not real over time. So, you know, is it real in the man-made construct? Absolutely. Is it necessary? Absolutely. Could it be prioritized and put within your value system? Absolutely. But the greatest value are the things that hold value for eternity. Love, gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration. The houses, the cars, the crypto, the NFTs, they're not real value because over time they will diminish, dissolve and disappear. The value will never leave love and truth. The value will never leave gratitude, forgiveness and accountability. Those are real values. And if you prioritize by real value in your life and utilize time in order to reconcile what's important to you in the man-made construct of our pragmatic day with those midterm unrealistic and the super unrealistic of the long-term, this is how we can have more productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. We can be more productive, accessible, and gracious, and we can be more efficient, effective, and statistically successful by feeding that which feeds us. All right, Sean, we're going to take some questions. Uh, thank you so much for being vulnerable and illuminating, you know, how to be a great student. You know, I say I went to college and what did I learn? I learned to be a good student at Occidental College. I, I don't really remember anything I learned there. I took, you know, classic music and kinesiology and statistics and calculus, you know, I, a bunch of history. I, I use Google to find it and access it now. But the, the one thing I did learn at Occidental was to be more interested than interesting and to be a student, to pay attention to and give five levels of intention to what I do say, think, believe and feel 
uh, to create the coincidences in my life. And I think this is essential today. And I want to thank Sean Dillon. Everybody follow Sean, reach out to him. If you want to go to his masterminds, they're extraordinary. I don't miss any of them as an instructor, a mentor, and a coach. Uh, they're the best masterminds I've ever been to, and they're fun. Uh, which makes it even better. So, uh, Sean, where can people reach you? Where, where can they they find you? Yeah, well, first of all, um, being a good student, emulating mentorship. If anybody wants to shoot me um, an email, my email address is Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at blackdiamondclub.com. My wife and I have tons of just standing value freebies. They're located at www.gethopetoday.com www.gethopetoday.com. Visit us there. And uh, I'm going to be hanging out today uh, later on with Dave. And so hit me up on social media and I'll see if I can grab him and we'll hit you back with responses, especially if you have any questions about our upcoming mastermind. Um, we'd love to connect with you. Don't be shy. Uh, you've got questions. I'll make sure that if I don't have the answer, I'm going to grab Dave and I'll get him to give us an answer together. I appreciate you. And I've learned so much from Sean Dill. Thanks for joining me.